Hello, this is Thelma again. You may be a new new listener. You may not know that I am the director of an organization here in Tennessee entitled From Brokenness to Wholeness. From Brokenness to Wholeness is a faith-based, outreach, transformational, radical root ministry targeting the pain of the soul of individual of sexual violence, domestic violence, private pain, secret pain, grief, relationship pain. You name it, this gift within me does it. I recently shared on a podcast about part of my life when I grew up. Uh, But I want to share with you about this. Some of you may remember, some of you may not. The story of Emmett Till. Well, Emmett Till was visiting in Mississippi at the time. We lived there back in the 50s. And he was visiting an uncle and a cousin there. And we lived like, I don't know, 45 minutes from where his relative lived. I've heard the story uh, so many times. And nobody can really tell the story except the person that was there or the persons that witnessed it or ones that lived close to the uncle, and that was us. I think Emmett was a couple of years older than I were. I was probably 12, and he was probably 14. And he, his mother, of course, lived in Chicago. They lived in Chicago. And he wanted to come, this is a true story, he wanted to come to Mississippi with his cousin for the summer. But his mother had other plans that she wanted him to go in another direction. But he and his little cousin big so hard. Oh, they big so hard for him to go to Mississippi. So the mother finally agreed that he could go to Mississippi for the summer and you know, be with his cousin. And then a part that says that when he went in the store, there was two different stories. One time it said that he wolf whistled at the woman. The other time it said he touched her hand. Uh, I think both times is a lie. Because at 14 years old, his mind wasn't that way. Not the way that he was raised. His mind was not that way. When it comes to the touching of the hand, they didn't even allow you to touch the hand. You could go to jail just for touching the hand. And before they gave your change back to you, they took that chain and laid it on the counter. So you had to pick it up off the counter. At that time, they didn't even put the chain in your hand. And to, it, it just wasn't true. So anyway, she took it up on herself to tell her husband that lie, that this black boy, she probably didn't say black, you know the word, uh, touched her hand, or he wolf whistled at her. A lie is one of the dangerous things there is. Once a lie get in a person, it would do the work itself. So the husband and his brother came to look for Emmett Till. 
So they found him at his uncle's house. They went by night. You know they was up to no good then. Knocked on the door and told the uncle to send that boy out from out of town. And the uncle called him. He said, Emmett, uh, somebody want to see you. So they came, he came to the door. He didn't even know what they was talking about, you all. He didn't even know what they was talking about. So he left with them. They wanted him to go with them. And he left with them. And that's how they beat him up so brutally bad. Cut his private part off. Threw him in the Tallahassee River. That river is still there. Uh, when I go to Mississippi now, we have to cross that river to get to see that little bridge over that river to get to see some of our relatives. I will never forget this as long as I live. And he stayed in that water. I don't know how long. I can't remember how long he stayed in that water. But when they finally got a wind of what had happened, then they got him out the water and they let Chicago and other places all over this world know what had happened to this 14-year-old down in Mississippi. Uh, two years after then, two or three years, our parents moved us from down there. Because as my mother said, and I said in another podcast, my mother says that um, she didn't want the white man to kill her child because she had some children that weren't going to take what they take, took. And I'm like, you sure did. I was one of them. So anyway, they get this child back to Chicago, get it ready for a funeral and burial. And they wanted to hide it. They didn't want to open that casket. He looked like, he, he, he didn't even, I don't know if any of you all ever seen the picture or not, he didn't even look like a human being. When they get him out that water, they brutally murder an innocent child. He didn't even look like a human. He looked like a monster. And and the mother allowed photographers and everybody to come in there. And they wanted to have a clothes, you know, that they could say, you want the casket to stay closed? She said, no, no. She said, open the casket. I want them, I want the world to see what they did to my son. So they opened the casket at the funeral. Oh, I've never seen a monster look like that in my life. She sit there, the mother sit there, and she cried a little. And then she says, I don't have time to cry. I've got a work to do. Let me get up. So they went on and had the funeral of the world. It's like the world stood still. So much hate. When hate, when a lie come in, a, when a lie come in somebody, a lie bring hatred, murder, and everything with it. That's what a lie. That's just how poison a lie is, and it's a it's a it's a weapon from Satan that he used when he get ready to kill somebody. So they tried him there in Mississippi. Of course, they found him not guilty. Do you know the story? They found him, them not guilty. So they had the audacity to continue to live there in Mississippi. They went on to another part of Mississippi and tried to start a business. They didn't have any business. They had to close the business down because they wasn't making any money. 
um, the Milans, I think that was the name, their name, M-I-L-A-N, the Milans, were the people that was responsible for this. And then this lady come up last year or year before last and admitted, she's in her 80s now, admitted that she lied. She admitted that she lied. That's against the law right there. And nothing happened to her. She admitted she lied and had this done. But may she lift her eyes in hell. Now that's what I believe is going to happen. I think of Emmett sometime and what he might could have been. I met his cousin, that cousin that was with him. I met him uh, a few years ago in Chicago. And he's a preacher now, a minister. And I asked him this. I said, why didn't you write a book about this incident and about Emmett? He said, I don't know. I, I guess I just didn't think about it. I said, you need to write a book. I said, write a book. I said, because you were there. You have the facts. You know the story just as it happened. Hadn't talked with him since then. Actually, he's the cousin to my sister-in-law. I didn't know he was in the family. He's the cousin to my sister-in-law. So I guess I think someone that don't even have a business to do it is writing a book that wasn't there, just picked up information that he researched. You can research some things on on Google. Some of it can be right. Some of it can not be right. But I was one that lived in that city when Emmett was killed. And I will never forget. Some things you do not forget. I would never forget that the longest day I live. Just wanted to share that with you all. I'm going to say a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. Thank you for those that took the time out to listen to this podcast. May you touch their heart and their mind to listen to more. I pray that you would bless them in all walks of their life, whatever way they turn, and whatever's going on with them. You and only you know what is going on with them. And pray that you would bless them to overcome whatever obstacles in their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we depend on you for all day. We need you. Help us, Lord, because we need you. We've always needed you. We're going to always need you. And we thank you for showing up at a time of need. Even before we need things sometimes, you show up and you show yourself God. Thank you so much for your precious love and your kindness. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Hi, uh, by the way, if you wish to donate to From Brokenness to Wholeness, we uh, serve victims of sexual violence, like I told you at the top of the podcast. We are not, uh, we don't have grants, but we are 501c3 compliance. If you want to make a donation, you can become a friend to the survivor. I will let you know the progress of the survivor, where the survivor is now, where they, what they are doing. And I will let you know that would be your friend. They would be your friend. You won't know the name, of course. But I will let you give you the updates on the survival. You can donate. Go to paypal.com from Brokenness to Wholeness. The uh, link should come up. You can make a donation there. 
If you don't pull a receipt yourself, let us know, and then we'll get a receipt to you. You also can do a cash app, dollar sign, K-E-Z-I-A. Thank you for listening. Bye.